Welcome to Women's Hot Topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? Hey friends, Shug Burry here with Women's Hot Topics, and boy, do we have a hot topic today. It's about eating disorders. We all have heard about them, but do we really know about them? I've got a special guest with me here today. Her name is Karen Bendell, and I'll introduce her in just a minute. But I want you to know that you have come to the right place. If maybe you have a loved one who possibly has an eating disorder, but you're not sure, is this an eating disorder or is it a diet? Is this a problem I should be paying attention to? Is is this normal teen years? What what is going on? And we're going to address those questions today uh, with our wonderful guest, Karen Bedell. Karen, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Let me tell you, friends, a little bit about Karen. I've known Karen and her husband, Mark, who's a pastor, Pastor Mark Bendell, um, for a long time. We were trying to think it's at least over 20 years. As a matter of fact, Mark has come with me over to Africa to the prisons and and he did the ministering with the leadership summit that we held there it was amazing for all the prison leaders he is just a sharp guy and an excellent teacher but i'm going to introduce his wife to you today karen bendell she has served with me inside a prison in the past she is again a pastor's wife a mom of three kids grandmother to seven when did that happen karen that just zoomed by <laughs> she has worked alongside her husband in ministry as well as she is an rn registered nurse for her entire career she's worked in a variety of areas as an rn she has spent the last 20 years in inpatient and residential setting working with kids and adults struggling with eating disorders her goal has always been to shine a light on the lies. Did you hear me say that, friends? Lies. On the lies that brought about the eating disorder. She loves to help her patients discover their worth and value and set them on the right path to heal. Again, thank you, Karen. So glad you're here. <laughs> glad to be here. I want to share. So we are going to get, we're going to dig right into it. What are some of the common eating, if somebody doesn't know what an eating disorder is, or even if they're it's has it. What does it look like? What is a common eating disorder? Okay. <clears throat> so you might have just seen, I mean, people think that they can maybe identify somebody by just looking at them. That's not true because eating disorders can go unnoticed in so many ways. There are several eating disorders that are common. One is anorexia. You might have heard of that where someone has trouble just being able to eat. They get really thin. They want to be thin. They kind of lose their desire to eat. That's anorexia. There's bulimia, which is kind of binge eating, but then they want to get rid of it. They want to purge it in some way. So everyone thinks about that as also they stick their finger down their throat and they do self-induced vomiting. That could be, but there's another way that people do it. They do it through exercise. They do it through diet pills. They do it through um, laxatives. Um, There's a lot of ways that they can purge Um, Even standing for periods of time um, can um, waste energy. Hmm. There's binge eating disorder, and binge eating disorder is when somebody struggles with maybe just um, eating um, and um, anxiety eating, um, comfort eating, but they don't have those other symptoms, and so they see their weight going up and up. 
Um, there's another one called ARFID, which is avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, which results in nutritional deficiencies. So basically, maybe somebody's afraid they choked once and they're afraid if they eat, they're going to choke. Maybe they mm. are afraid of vomiting. Um, maybe there's scary textures that they aren't interested in, or they have little interest in eating. And that's kind of an unusual, more unusual, but we see it all the time. You know, I didn't even know there were that many. Good to oh, know. And there's more than that, but I'm not. Wow. Going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So is an eating disorder a disease? Um, yes, it's, it's a mental illness. Um, it's, and if you look at all of us, we probably have a little mental illness in us. So I, I don't want that to be a something that pegs someone because we all struggle with with um, our mental health at certain times. But yes, and it's it's devastating. It's really hard. It's hard for the parent. They don't know what to do. It's hard for the patient. They're they're kind of like this has never happened before. How do I deal with food? How do I have a good relationship with food? So, excellent. Yeah. You know, um, how do eating disorders normally come about? Like, when do they begin? Okay, so basically, it could start with somebody just being bullied. Um, we hear that a lot at work. Um, comments about a, how a person looks. Um, a dad once mm. said, you know, get your fat blank off the couch to his daughter, and that sent her right into the whole thing. That's it sad. could be the result of past trauma, abuse, 30% of those that have eating disorders um, develop an eating disorder after um, having sexual abuse. Um, it's their attempt to cope with life. It could be compliments from having a diet and they were losing weight and everybody says, oh, you look so great. Mm -hmm. And they can't stop. They love those compliments, bring them on. And then they just can't stop losing weight. Um, genetics can play a certain part, but certainly depression, anxiety, and trouble finding purpose in life are kind of main issues. You know, um, as a mom, most mm. of you out there moms who are listening, it uh, doesn't matter how old your kids are, whether they're adult children now or uh, still at home, uh, we need to be a correct role model. And I know I have failed in the past in different areas. I mean, even magazines articles, uh, commercials, everything you see is really reflective of the body in, in, in many ways. Can you coach us, please, Karen, on what to do and what not to do as a parent in role modeling what's correct? Yes. I would say that I've been guilty of this too. And it wasn't until I had a daughter and, and started working with eating disorders that I realized, oh my goodness, the things that I say make such a difference. Um, being a good role model for your kids, and I'm going to be um, reading some of this because I don't want to miss it. It's such good stuff. Please do. Okay, so stop critiquing yourself in front of the mirror and with little ears around and practice positive self-talk about your body. Remind your kids how their body works for them. Show gratitude that their legs carry them, their arms make, it make them able to hug, your eyes help you to see. And appreciate that beauty is not just about appearance. And that's something that our world focuses. Everything is on appearance. And that's not where it's at. Focus on character qualities instead of their physical appearance. You are strong. I can tell that you worked hard to make that goal. I watched you show kindness to, a, to the new friend and the new girl down the block. Um, and you were a friend to her. You look happy. 
it feels good to be able to achieve your goals. Help your kid to be able to be confident in who they are as a person, not because of what they look like or what they do. Focus on healthy eating. At Melrose Center where I work, we use the phrase, all foods fit. That means we wouldn't have all desserts, we wouldn't have all proteins, we wouldn't have all veggies or fruit. We, we have a variety and variety is the spice of life, so to speak. Encourage exercise and model it, but don't go overboard. Food fuels exercise. Kids need that fuel just as much as you do when you exercise. It's surprising how many of our patients come in that have had infertility problems and they're runners. And they said, oh, mm -hmm. they're so proud of their runner, their runner heart rate. Well, some of them, it turns out that they have not been giving their body enough fuel um, to keep going. And that has created an eating disorder in them. <clears throat> I'm not mm -hmm. saying all runners are, are, have eating disorders. I'm just saying that that's something to be cautious about. Don't talk about diets and what you need to restrict from your diet. And don't expect your growing kid to go on a keto diet with you. We've had parents that say, hey, go on the diet with us. And the kid ends up in a really um, bad spot. And then lastly, teach your kids that comparison kills. The grass is not always greener on the other side. And that they should be grateful for the way that God made them unique and one of a kind. Mm. All so good points. And you good. know, that comparison kills. That's a biggie. It's I didn't big realize, but that makes complete sense about the bullying. Mm -hmm. If they get bullied or somebody makes a comment about their weight, yeah. um, you know, their image, the poor girls out there and boys yeah. that you might be going through, adults and children. Yeah. You know, you talked in your biography about the lies mm -hmm. that are brought about <clears throat> from an eating disorder. What did you mean by lies? Okay. So in John 8, 44, it talks about the devil being the father of lies. And 1 Peter 5, 8 says, to be alert, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Well, when someone develops an eating disorder, they kind of, <clears throat> there's a lot of confusion. And it's really hard to be able to focus on what you know you need to do and the little voice that keeps telling you what to do. So they feel like they're, they maybe are two people instead of one. They have a voice, but it's often overpowered by the lies of the eating disorder. And we, we call the eating disorder Ed. So we always say, Ed. Yep, okay. Ed. 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 yep, eating disorder. Yep. And this voice screams almost continually, especially when one makes progress towards recovery. And the confusion is there. So these are the things that they hear. You're not good enough. You don't measure up. If you eat that, you'll be the biggest person on the unit. Seeing and comparing oneself to what is seen on social media, you must be thin to fit in with all of its filters and lenses to make a person look flawless and per perfect. And they say, I'll never be that. I don't matter. Why would someone love me anyway? And it's really mm -hmm. hard to decipher which, which voice is which. So I always tell, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I always tell um, my girls and my guys, this is a way that you can tell if it's the eating disorder voice or if it's it, what you know is right for you, is um, is the voice that you're listening to right now and that you're following keeping you stuck or is it moving you towards recovery? And that's how- Oh, you, good point. Re say that you, again. That was an excellent point. Okay. So does the voice that you're listening to right now keep you stuck? 
This can apply in other areas of our lives too, which I really love. Or does it move you closer to recovery? Yeah. You know, the lies, they're out there. The enemy, like you said, is prowling around like a lion waiting to pounce people. And so just the fact you're here listening to the show means that God brought you here for a purpose, Mm -hmm. for a reason. Um, And so we're learning together on how to heal in this area. Um, And so you talked about what we should do, what we should not do as parents, encourage them. You had a lot of loving encouragement on that as well. Uh, I'm guilty. I used to be an avid runner. And then my daughter started running with me. And it was always, oh, I just want to lose that five more pounds. Or, oh, if I could just have, you know, do more sit-ups and do a couple more ab work. And, you know, just that kind of a thing. I was guilty of it. And and it's hard to find that healthy boundary between what's a healthy exercise. We need to take care of ourselves. Our body is the temple of the Lord's yeah. um, or obsessiveness where it, it turns into a disorder that our children might pick up on. So we need to be aware of that ladies. And I think the key role in all of this, you got to start praying girls yeah. and asking God, am I, show me Lord, where am I being possibly a stumbling block for my child? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, what can I do to change that? Mm-hmm. So I, I mentioned women a lot in girls, but is this pretty equally dominant between males and females? It isn't. Um, women deal with it more 80 to 85%. And usually hmm. there's anxiety and depression that is behind that. Males, it's more like 15 to 20%. And sometimes there's a cor- comorbidity with it, like alcoholism or um, other issues. Although personally, from the men that I've worked with um, that are amazing people they've struggled with depression and some anxiety too maybe some obsessive compulsiveness um certainly low self-esteem so you know that just breaks my heart because this is their cry for help Mm -hmm. yesterday i went got my hair done how's it look people got rid of the gray and i'm I'm sitting in the hairdresser's chair and she asked me what my topic is going to be on my radio show and i told her it was eating disorders and she just kind of quietly said, I've battled with an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I yeah. said, really? She goes, yeah, it started, you know, when I was a child, et cetera, you know, and and she goes, I still have to be on guard. Can mm-hmm. you share with us, what does this look like? If they realize they have an eating disorder, how long does it last? What help should they get? Where do they turn to next? And yeah. is this going to be a lifelong issue? I got a, a pile of questions in that one yeah, question. That's, Sorry. Um, that's a hard question. That's a hard question. I'm going to back up to how do you recognize someone with an eating disorder? Okay. Mm-hmm. Because that might help as far as then where to go to. to Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you really can't look at someone and say, oh, they've got an eating disorder because you don't know. Because sometimes they might look they're, like they're just fine and they have some things going on behind the scenes and nutritionally they might be in a bad spot. It could be as simple as someone not wanting to go out to eat um, when they used to love to. You might noticing them exercise more, reading food labels, journaling what they eat, isolating, not wanting to hang out with friends, cutting out foods that they used to love, weighing themselves obsessively, wearing oversized clothes to cover up their size. Those are just some of the things that maybe a parent or a friend might notice. And getting back to your, um, the gal that did your hair, um, yes, there's, there's women that have struggled with this as a child or as as an adult um, or adolescent, and then they go for a period of time and they have been in recovery, but then they maybe go through a loss, um, like a death or a, um, a divorce, uh, something like that, and that can throw them back into um, using the eating disorder as a coping skill. 
because basically it's something that they feel that they can control when everything else is out of control. So it's really, it's a tough thing. It's kind of, um, you, you want it to be one and done and, um, that is possible, but there are times that it can creep up again. And it's not a matter of, um, feeling guilt about that because eating disorders thrive in secrecy and they also thrive with guilt. They just, I mean, they're just, they like to isolate and be on their own, but basically if we have someone that um, comes to my work and they have been um, hospitalized there before and they end up coming in, you know, a while later, a couple years later, or even longer than that or sooner than that, we just say, okay, little bump along the road. We just move on. What did you not get the last time that we can help you to learn to progress into um, recovery that can be more sustainable? And what might that answer be? If you ask them that question, what little, you know, what bump can we help you overcome? What is yeah. a common answer you hear? Yeah. Um, lots of times people are trying to do this in isolation, especially like our college kids. They go away to school. They end up being roommates with somebody they really don't know. They're eating on their own. They don't have time to go to the cafeteria if they have the food plan. They're just, um, they have tough classes. And th these are, these are very, very smart people, you know, they're, they're being lawyers or they're being, um, they're doing high tech things and, um, they just, they're trying to keep up with a busy schedule and to try to eat at the same time. And sometimes if something's going to go, it's the eating. So I would say that eating in isolation and not having a support group around them. And that's kind of a, a big deal. I could see that. In fact, I knew in college, some women who ended up uh, actually they volunteered to go to the hospital to to seek a little help in that area because um she had bulimia and yeah. it broke our hearts you know it just broke our hearts to see her deteriorating like that yeah. um and it's it's so unhealthy friends and yeah. you know that's not the way god made us god made us so that we are the temple of the lord and in psalm 139 it says i praise you for i am fearful and wonderfully made. I'm not telling you, we're not talking about just made. We are wonderfully made. Yes. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Mm -hmm. And I just hope that friends, you embrace that you are wonderfully made by God. He loves you so much and you're not alone in this. He can hear you. He sees your heart. He feels your heartache. And it's wonderful people like Karen that you can turn to and you can go to. Um, Karen, is there a helpline or anything that people can call if they find themselves in this situation? Yes. <clears throat> um, just because eating disorders thrive in secrecy, secrecy and shame, sometimes it's hard to get the person to seek help. It's hard for parents because they maybe see it. They want to. They want to know where to go. I would say <clears throat> that it's really important to seek some professional help. Um, where I work, it's Melrose Center in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, and um, we have, I will have a website that's up um, at the end. Um, there's a phone number they can call 952-993-6200 and ask to talk to someone about their concerns. Um, can you repeat that number again? 952-993-6200. 
Thank it's you. also www.melroseheels.com. And that also has a lot of information. What I love is we have a um, clinical therapist, um, psychologist, actually, her name is Karen Nelson, that has lots of podcasts. Um, with every type of eating disorder question, you can probably ask somebody dealing with BED or somebody that's a parent saying, what do I do? Or it's a father saying, I'm so sad about my daughter. Or um, there's just all kinds of different um, things about that. There's also a great book called Breaking Free from Body Shame. So it's Breaking Free from Body Shame by Jess Connolly, who talks about our bodies are not projects. Um, getting a kingdom mindset of who God made you to be and recognize mm. that we have a good God that didn't make a mistake when he made you. Amen. That's another great. Um, can you, can you tell me again, where can they hear that podcast? Where'd they um, go to hear that podcast? Okay. The breaking free is a book, mm -hmm. breaking free, um, but to go to um, the podcast um, for Melrose Heels, with Karen Nelson, they just go to www.melroseheels.com and they can, they can just click and they've got the podcast. Um, there's about 40 podcasts on there right now that you can listen awesome. to depending on which issue you're dealing with. Um, another resource that is fabulous, um, www.wonderfullymade.org um, was started with the verse that Shug just shared from Psalm 139 about we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It's a gal named Allie Marie Smith, and she struggles with an eating disorder. Um, the Lord <clears throat> just helped her deal with it, brought her a Christian, um, a dietitian. They wrote a book together called Healthy Eating Abundant Living called Heal. From there, she she founded this organization, wonderfullymade.org, that deals not only with eating disorders, but with women at risk. And her whole her whole um, premise is that you have been wonderfully made by God with dignity, purpose, and worth. So let's find it. Yeah. Amen. Let's find it together. I yeah. love that. You know, it, it's ironic that that's the same verse because, you know, I was praying, God, what verses do you want me to use? <laughs> that's a perfect verse. And yeah. look at how, look at how God did that. Yeah. Um, thank love you it. for those resources. And we'll have those listed as well. Um, yeah. Please pass this on to your friends or whoever might need uh, to hear this. And um, we, we've talked about a gamut of things already. What are the common disorders? Uh, when do they begin? What are the lies? Uh, how do we become a good role model for our children um, as well as our loved ones? Um, what's the most common issue today do you feel um, in the eating disorder world? I would say that the patients that I work with um, they don't know who they are. They don't have an identity. They don't know where that comes from. They have lack of worth. Um, they don't feel valued. And um, they don't know where to turn. Mm. And so when I can, um, I try to share, I ask them, do you have any faith um, walk of any kind? And if they say, yes, I pray, um, I pray to God, or I wish I did, or something like that, I will just tell them, you know, that their true healing and recognizing worth and value comes from their creator, who is Jesus, who longs for you to have a personal relationship with him. And if you don't know what that means, settle that first. Talk to someone that can explain to you what that means. 
Surrender yourself to him. Ask him to take control of your life. Ask him to heal you from inside out. Then when lies creep in, he'll give you the, the ability to take every thought captive, all the stuff that turns you upside down, the lies that you believe about who you are. And he will show you that you are perfect in him and that he made you that way. Um, and then get a team around you. Pray continually, asking God for what you need, thanking him for every success. And remember that God is our great healer. And there will be bumps along the road. That's just the way it is. That's the nature of the beast. But true recovery is possible. And you will have a story to share with other people so that you can show how God is able to confront a tough situation and bring you to the other side of it. Amen. Those are all wonderful words of wisdom. Um, I encourage you to replay this podcast or YouTube video. We're on YouTube as well. Um, and you can find us at himforher.org. Um, and I just, I just got to thank you, Karen. Those are all great tips. Um, you know, you talked about, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover, basically, you know, if they look like they're uh, maybe too thin or et cetera, et cetera. Um, how do you approach somebody if you think they have an eating disorder? What would you recommend? You know, that's, that's a really tough question. I've had so many people come up to me and say, I was at the gym the other day and this woman was practically falling off of one of the machines and her arms were so thin and, and I'll say, how, how do you deal with that? Um, I would, I would say sometimes they've gone to, um, like say if it was lifetime or what was another fitness center, sometimes they've gone to, um, you know, talk to somebody at that desk and say, you know, I'm kind of concerned about this person. But I think the best way for me, if I have a concern about someone, I try to become their friend and um, try to come alongside them and find out what makes them tick, what they love. Um, maybe mention, I see you here a lot. How are you doing? Um, how's your life? What's going on? Where do you work? not necessarily I have to know where they work, but kind of know a little bit about what makes them tick. That will give me an inroad to be able to um, share information back about me so that we can actually build an authentic friendship. Sometimes there isn't time for that. And especially if it's a family member and you're concerned and you notice that your daughter's cutting out desserts and, and she's exercising for two hours at a time and you're seeing her weight go and you're really worried. Sometimes you just have to um, get someone else involved, you know, maybe have your family get together and talk to that person and just say, we love you. We want the best for you. And um, we really think that you need to seek treatment. Um, that's the one thing that helps when you call Melrose. If someone did need some help, um, you can talk to someone that does an intake. They ask a lot of different questions and it helps you to kind of sort out, is this something where I need to go inpatient? Is it something where I could go for some, just some therapy? Is it something I could just work as a dietitian? What, what is the best route to help me to get into better eating habits? Those are wonderful recommendations and words of advice. Again, I would um, lay on top of that as well, prayer. There's somebody that you think is struggling and, you know, we're talking life and death here, people, you know, we're talking about, they can die. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and there's, I was looking up statistics on eating disorders. A lot of, a lot of them, um, prayerfully 
are healed, but then some may die, some may commit suicide, and it's terrible. So I think it's our job as believers, too, to give it mm -hmm. to the Lord. Lord, is there a problem over here? Is there somebody that I should recommend that she talk to or how, what approach? I love your approach, Karen, because you're approaching it in love, and that's what God wants us to do. If it's your own family member, God, give me the words. Yeah. Give me the opportunity. I'm mm -hmm. going to listen for the opportunity, God, you're going to give me with uh, my daughter or my son um, or my nephew or my cousin uh, in a conversation so I can gradually bring this in and bring it in in love. Ask God, God, I just don't want to be a bulldozer. Show me how to bring it in love. And before you do that, make sure you come prepared yeah. with any information that you could possibly hand them on a little card. Here's a phone number that you could give a call to if you have any questions. I'd, I'd be willing to sit with you when you call, yeah. whatever that circumstance might be, but it's got to be done in love because mm -hmm. they're really... I'm no therapist and I don't work in a eating disorder um, center, but I know that people are crying out for help when yes. they're in this circumstance. And when they're crying out for help without knowing something's wrong in their life that they're trying to take control of, and maybe God has handpicked you to come alongside this individual yeah. to get the love thing right. You've yeah. heard me say that a thousand times and um, come alongside that person. Mm -hmm. Karen, um, do you have to necessarily go to a center or seek professional help in order to be healed? Do you know what? I would never put God in a box. God could heal someone um, by just a prayer from them to him. <clears throat> so I know that he can heal no matter what the situation is. And I believe in spontaneous healing right, right now. But at the same time, um, I think that sometimes when we let these lies creep in, they keep showing their heads in different ways, in different, um, uh, they can creep up again. So I think it needs, you need a little bit of structure around it and to set some boundaries about what you're going to allow in your life. And as you grow in your spiritual life, it also helps you to set boundaries and say no more. Um, so I would say that it sometimes looks more like a, a journey. Um, but I always say that when someone has a journey, they have more of a story or they have a story that they can tell, um, mm -hmm. of the goodness of God. Yeah. And, you know, I think people have a fear of oh, what, what if I check in or what if I touch base with this Miller's place or a similar type of eating disorder facility, what can I expect? It's scary. I mean, what words of advice would you give them on that? Yeah. You know, it, it is scary. I love to do admissions because I try to joke with people and help them feel calmer before they get up there and just be silly with them, ask about what they love and do they have a pet at home or different things so that we're talking about different things. I also assure them that they already have a friend in me. Oh, that mm -hmm. could be a song. I, you have a friend in me? Anyway, when we get up to the, I know it's like a Disney song. I know <laughs> when we get up to the floor so that they know, um, I try to make sure that I'm introducing people carefully and explaining to them what they can expect. Um, I admit, I, I tell them, I'm sure that this does feel scary. How are you feeling right now? How are you feeling, mom? Um, mm -hmm. Dad, sometimes we've got parents crying, leaving their kids because they don't know what we're going to do with their kids. Um, it's, it's a scary place to be. Um, you know, 
And, you know, you, you brought that up. What, what yeah. you're going to do with the kids? Are the kids going through classes or? So basically we have kind of like a college schedule going on every day. So it's, it's based for each, each group that we have. So like for, um, for pediatric patients, usually their parents are, are sitting on by there's, there's like play times for them um, down in park, which is our physical therapy department. They meet with occupational therapy and they work with them on different things. The adolescents have classes, they have strategy groups, they meet with their therapists. Um, all our patients see the doctor every day. Um, and then in the afternoon, they have school. They, they will register into our school, um, our St. Louis Park system. Um, for the time that they're there and they usually do their own homework from their school but we have a tutor that works with them um, as far as adults go they are doing strategy they're doing um, occupational therapy they're doing the park classes um, they're meeting with the dietitians all of this stuff is going on constantly all day long so it's kind of like everybody's schedules are um and then there's visiting hours in the evening for kids. There's usually visiting hours for parents to come during the day. Um, there's individual therapy with family and parents. Um, the psychologist and psychiatrist are seeing patients to see if there's any medication changes that are needed. So, yeah, it sounds wonderful, lot. actually. And how, what's the usual length of time somebody um, is there for? Okay, we usually say seven to ten days. It depends on. One of the things we say is if it didn't happen overnight, it doesn't fix overnight. Sure. So if somebody hasn't ha struggled with this for very long, they might be in there for a shorter period of time. Maybe it's just for symptom interruption if they have been purging. But if it's somebody that struggled with anorexia and their weight is really low and it's their body mass index or their <clears throat> is low um, and kind of at a dangerous level, we have to kind of build them up until they're able to start doing more activity. And having them rest, actually, because their bodies are really weak. Can you, from a nurse's perspective, share with us what happens to your body um, when you have an eating disorder? Okay. And this, we we have a class with our kids, and we always call it, um, you know, just the consequences of the eating disorder. So I'm going to go through it kind of just quick. So we Please. always say, okay, your brain. So start with your head. When your body mass index gets too low, one loses concentration, focus, gets hangry like the Snickers commercial. Mm -hmm. If this continues, tests show that the white matter in your brain can shrink, which is kind of a scary thought. Your heart rate slows. You can have postural changes. Their heart has to work extra hard to keep up. Your skin gets dry. Your hair falls out. Digestion slows. And I always say the big C, not, not cancer, but constipation. Um, dental issues happen, decay with both restricting and purging, restricting your food intake, intake or purging, osteoporosis, brittle bones, easier to have stress fractures, and unfortunately, infertility issues due to people losing their period for long periods of time. Periods for long periods of time. Oh, well. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, those are some of the things that happen. And we always say, we're so glad you're here because we're going to turn this around so you never have to deal with this stuff. But if you continue on the course you're going, you might not be able to have kids someday. You know, mm -hmm. you might have trouble concentrating. And when your body mass index gets low, <clears throat> you can't think right. It's just it's just how God made us. If we don't have the fuel, we can't think. So, 
So I can see why you said anxiety and depression. I mean, all these, you know, what did one cause the other? I mean, you just don't know. And it's a, a vicious cycle, but, you know, praise God, if, if yeah. they want to reach out and get some help, yeah. um, and please feel free to call Melrose, no matter where you are in the United States, we air yeah. nationally. I'm sure they can um, direct you to the right places to go and look and, and seek help as, or maybe they'll talk to you and help you as well. Can you tell us one more time um, what the website is and what the phone number is for them to reach out for those that are listening? Yeah. And by the way, I forgot to mention that people with diabetes um, that struggle with eating disorders, we are one of the only places in the entire country that deals with this. Um, it's called wow. diabetes diabolemia and it helps helps people to deal with their eating disorder and their diabetes so it's www.melroseheals.com or call 952-993-6200 and talk to someone about your concerns mm -hmm. we're here for you friends and i want you to know what second corinthians says but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in weakness Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Yeah. Friends, I want you to know you're not alone in this. Jesus is with you. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. Maybe today's the day you realize, man, I am tired of this grabbing the steering wheel of my life. Lord, I need you to take over. I need you to help me. I need you to heal me. I'm reaching out to you today. It's a, the prayer is simple. It's not my prayer. It's your prayer. It's God, help me. Help me. Come alongside me. I invite you into my life, Jesus. Help me to turn away from my sins. Forgive me for my past and help me to seek you in the future. And it's in Jesus' name, the power of Jesus' name we pray. And then I want to say a healing prayer. For those who have already received Christ, but they're lost, they're frustrated, they, they can't necessarily hear God or they want to recommit their life to Christ, and they're battling with an eating disorder. Father, you know who that, that person is, and only you, by your hand, you are the great physician. It's by your hand that you heal, God. And so we are seeking you for everyone who is hurting, who is reaching out, who is calling for help, whether it be a parent, whether it be a loved one whether it be that individual who has the eating disorder, we're crying out to you, Lord, that you will indeed heal them. And I'm going to pray and praise already ahead of time. God, I thank you for healing them. I thank you ahead of time for hearing their prayer. I thank you, Father, that you will direct their steps and help them to know that they are beautifully and wonderfully made in you. And Father, may we rest and be still and know you are God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sweet Karen. Yeah. Do you have any words of wisdom or advice for those listening who might have a family member involved? Well, I know that God heals. And I know that um, he is capable of doing more than we could ever expect or imagine. And I have seen lives turned around and seen these um, patients that I've had, these women, these men turn into be warriors of God. And that's what I would amen. say. We're going to look for some warriors to come out of this. So. Amen. Yeah. And parents, hang on. God's mm -hmm. got a plan because you were listening to this show today. He's already got you covered. 
Thank you, Karen, very much for coming on and discussing really your passion. This is your passion. And Father, thank you so much for Karen Bendel and all those that are listening. And I am Shugbury. You know I love you. Till next time, over and out. Hey, friends, I hope you enjoyed the show. I can't believe you found us in the myriad of podcasts that are out there. Could you please do us a favor here at Women's Hot Topics with Shugbury? Could you please like, subscribe, write a review? Hopefully it's going to be a positive one. And we have got some great shows coming up. Why do you have to do this? Is Because it lifts us up out of the myriad of podcasts to the top. And that's where God is. And that's where I want to be. This is Shugbury. You know I love you. Over and out.